are back for week 11 coverage. Cheeseheads and Arrowheads. Devin Morton, joined by my co-host and Packer backer, Logan Obermuller. Yep, we're still here. Barely. Hanging, hanging on by a thread. Hanging on to any of the last shreds of playoff hopes you guys have? Yeah, that's that's about what it is right now, is last shreds. So, um, before we get too deep in anything, <clears throat> I understand that you have a conspiracy theory for me. I do. So, I was sitting there today, my drive home from work, and the news comes out, Aaron Rodgers' thumb is for sure broke. And I'm thinking to myself, obviously this has been known since really our first kind of devastating loss against the Giants. And uh, what if they just kind of planned a halfway intentional tank of the season, get everyone down on Green Bay, you know, get a good draft pick, etc. You know, Marvin Harrison Jr., um, keep moving on. Yeah, just, you know, kind of fly under the radar. I mean, am I getting any traction in your brain over there? Or? Absolutely not. No. Um, so you think that they wanted to tank uh, to get people down on Green Bay? Yeah. And then what, you guys are going to have a, a sneaky comeback season? Next year. So not you're, this year. you're telling this me that the organization that has proven time and again that they don't want to draft wide receivers, they don't want to pick up free agent wide receivers, and they don't like wide receivers, they're just going to tank to go get a wide receiver that may or may not be there by the time you pick? I mean, you know, they're working their way to the bottom, really. I mean, I think we got to be getting close to bottom 10. But there's still several teams that are in front of you. Right. As far as draft order would go. Right. One of them being the Philadelphia Eagles by way of New Orleans. So So let me let you... I'm, I've just now gotten this one. Does this seem more likely to you with Aaron Rodgers being the cryptic person he is? Is he intentionally tanking so he can get traded this offseason and really screw Green Bay out of getting what he's really worth? Um, uh, I don't know, man. I... It, I don't think anybody here is intentionally tanking. No, Green Bay just sucks this yeah, year. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, at this point you're grasping at straws, trying to make sense of how you guys went from playoffs to dropping off. Hey, we but, do have a positive, though, after week 11. A little tidbit into last week's game now. Uh, Christian Watson again, uh, going from zero touchdowns, going into week 10 to first in the league in rookie wide receivers for touchdowns in four days. So that's super exciting. That is exciting that he's coming around for you guys. That's Um, about the extent of our excitement right now as a Green Bay fan. Yeah, walk us through uh, the Thursday night game, what what went down. So – Naturally, today I pull up the video of the highlights from the game. Just kind of a refresher because it's almost been a week now since the game. And, uh, you know, I start watching it. And, man, watching that game live, it felt a lot closer than it did looking at it through the highlights. I don't know if it's because I already knew the outcome or if we really looked that bad. 
I mean, man, they were showing highlights in pretty much the whole first half. Well, first quarter for sure, and then the start of the second quarter. It's just Tennessee highlights. There's no Green Bay highlights. Defensive Green Bay highlights, but nothing on offense. Literally just stop, drive, stop, drive, stop, drive. No traction whatsoever. Can't get the ball rolling while they're running it. This was the first game this year I've actually said we need to pass more right now because I felt like we tried to overrun it this week. And we just were not getting anywhere it just blows my mind i mean i just don't understand how our offense can look this bad yeah uh i mean we lost one guy christian watson is showing out in the last two weeks and yes um two weeks ago that was a great coming out game but it proved that it was just a fluke because we fumbled it right against the titans right away four days later couldn't keep any sort of momentum going so the Titans did what I told you the Titans do. Uh, they came into Green Bay, they slowed the game down, and they made you play it their way, and that's how they beat you. Hey, but they, I was right on one thing. Did you that? notice Derrick Henry was under 100 rushing yards? Congrats. But he still had two touchdowns. One of them being a passing touchdown. Don't worry, I know how bad that hurts. He did it to Kansas City last year. Same exact play. I know he did. And I saw and it cut, uh, from the snap of that ball... Uh, where he was lined up and how uh-huh. they handed it to him. I uh, Right before he threw it, I said, yeah, this is a touchdown. And he jumped up over the line. As soon as I home. seen Hooper break, I'm like, hey, that looks like Travis Kelsey. Or, never mind. <laughs> but I feel like that's a play from the Chiefs playbook in general scheme of things. Uh, it actually is. If you go back far enough, you know you've got the heaviest man to ever throw a touchdown pass, Don Terry Poe. What they I used thought. to line him up at fullback and like give him the, the ball to run down inside. Play. And, yeah, it was the same play. They used to line him up at fullback, run him down inside, and one time they switched it up on everybody and they had him throw a touchdown <clears> pass for a yard. Yeah, um, that was about the extent of Green Bay's offense in the first quarter. Second quarter, I mean, we had some highlights. Uh, Aaron Rodgers doing what he does, free play, touchdown to Christian Watson. That was a really cool uh, thing to see, just the physicality of Christian on that play showing that that confidence from last week had really carried over, so that was good. And then, obviously, you know, he gets another touchdown shortly thereafter. So, yeah, I mean, five touchdowns in two games. You can't really ask much more of him. I mean, if you look at us on paper, we looked good against Tennessee because Cobb had a great coming back night. I mean, really, but I guess if you do look at the stats, it'll show our rushing yards, and I not even sure we were over 60 something rushing yards for the game so there's that but yeah (coughs) throat is really dry all of a sudden throat go um (laughs) i can't believe you just said that cracked myself up Anywho, yeah. What did you anything you noticed about the Packer game that you wanted to say? Yeah, you know uh, the Packers defense has played well all year, and it seems like the I, I thought against the Cowboys since they slowed their offense down a little bit, they still obviously allowed them to score more than you'd want, but they slowed them down a little bit. I thought you know maybe they were gonna turn it back around and start playing 
good defense again. And what I noticed from Tennessee specifically in the passing game is they did whatever they wanted to. Um, you had Robert Woods, who I thought coming into the year was pretty washed. He had a good game against you guys. How about Traylon Burks really coming out party on the season? Yep. So, yeah, I mean, dude, and it seemed like on that first drive, as soon as he caught that big one, it was just like, really? And, We're going to uh, do this? And it was on third. You, you've also got the the guy whose name I can never say. Uh, hy- it's hyphenated for the Titans. Um, Nick um, something. It, it's a weird hyphenated last name. Right, but I can say it if I a- see it. Akine or something. Some shit like that. Yeah. Anyways, he had a good game against you guys, and I don't know if it was um, just Ryan Tannehill coming back that they wanted to show that they can still pass more or what it was, but, you know, Ryan Tannehill was playing on a bum ankle, and he was out there hitting every pass that he wanted to against you guys because it just didn't seem like it mattered whether you ran zone or man. He was just beating you everywhere he needed to. And then he obviously he had that big interception or what seemed like it might have been a big interception where it seemed like he just didn't see the safety dropping in underneath and Green Bay turns right around and hands the ball back to him. Three and out. Unsuccessful drive. And it's like it almost didn't even count because yeah. they marched right back down the field and scored. Dude, and that's what they did is they controlled the ball. I mean, that's what was like the time of possession in this game was way lopsided like dude just sitting there watching it like they would go through all three downs to get the first and it was like they were doing it by plan they'd get you know two yards they'd get six yards and then they'd get three yards they would go for it on fourth down often um and they just kept slowly chunking away all the way down playing that very ball yeah it was tough to watch but they um, you know what? We're going into Sunday night football uh, against the best record in the NFL. Um, I'm glad you held back on best team. Oh, I I know who the best team is. <clears throat> <clears throat> this is ridiculous. So like somebody just shoves something in your ass. Dude, I know who the best team is. <sighs> yeah. No, I, I, I really think the Chiefs got it this year. Yeah, they. Uh, I really do. They sure look strong. You know, <clears throat> Buffalo won their regular season Super Bowl against us, just like they did last year. Uh, and then there's they won this week against the Browns, but they're still sitting in second place in their division because of losses to the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets which that's a whole other dumpster fire we get to talk about when we go around the NFL, but we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, man, the the Chiefs look strong. They have another comeback win against the Chargers late in the fourth quarter. Uh, started out not exactly great, but uh, we got points off the first drive, marched down, kicked a field goal, uh, give the ball back to the Chargers. They go straight down the field find the end zone um on the first drive you know i don't cheer for injuries but uh i think it was lucky for the chiefs that on the first drive mike williams 
re-injured his ankle. You know what? I did see that play live because I pulled up the game, and I remember seeing that, and that shortly after that is when I shut it off. He made a, a great catch on the sidelines, toe tap to stay in bounds, and I don't know if it was the toe tap or the way he landed. He re-injured his ankle out for the game, and like I said, I don't cheer for injuries, but that helped the Chiefs out a lot. Uh, you know, with how Spags likes to run defense, he puts pressure on the quarterbacks by blitzing more than most defensive coaches do. And you can't really blitz Herbert when he's got Mike Williams and Keenan Allen out there because one of those two is going to get quick enough separation. He can get the ball out of his hands fast, and not there's mention, now a huge gap for him to run through because you just sent seven. Not to mention Josh Palmer after the game he had. Yeah, Palmer did have a big game. But, uh, yeah, Chargers went down, scored. <clears throat> uh, you had the Chiefs go drive down Oh, on the on the Chiefs' first drive. I almost forgot to mention my star player, you know. Chiefs' first drive, they hand it to Isaiah Pacheco. He breaks off the longest run, run of his young career so far. Uh, just dashes straight through the line, picks up like 32 yards. No biggie. Hey, uh, you take him. He... he kind of set the tone for what he was going to do for the night. I was upset immediately after that run because what I was afraid was going to happen happened. They pulled him to the sidelines and put Clyde in the game because they had to make the point of, no, we're not taking snaps away from Clyde. Look, see, we're throwing him in the game. And uh, Took I, away Pacheco's momentum right there. Right. Um, and like I said, we don't score on that drive. We kick a field goal. Well, also on that drive, I've now said it twice, I don't cheer for injuries, but uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire got hurt, and it was Pacheco's show for the rest of the night. Pacheco racks up <clears throat> 116 yards on the ground. Chiefs' first 100-yard rusher since week four of 2019 against the Philadelphia Eagles. You are shitting me. Seems unreal, doesn't it? The Chiefs have not had a running back rush for 100 yards since 2019 week four. That's how long it's been. We've had running backs get 100 yards from scrimmage, but not rushing the ball. Not even in the playoffs? No, sir. Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah. So it was the first time in Mahomes' career where he threw for 300 yards. He had a 100-yard receiver and a 100-yard rusher. Uh, pretty good stats there. Yeah, our, our second drive, we went down. Mahomes found Kelsey. Kelsey does what he does best, rumbles his way to the end zone. I don't know what it is about the Chargers. I don't know if they're afraid of him or afraid of trying to tackle him. But you, you can kind of see it when he catches the ball over the middle. It seems like everybody just kind of goes the other way that Kelsey's going. Uh, even when they do run up and try to tackle him, he'll swing one of them off and keep running or do his signature stiff arm to the face and push him to the dirt. Uh, yeah, Kelsey had a great night. Six receptions, 108 yards, three touchdowns. Typical Travis Kelsey night. Uh, there's something about him, man. Once Dude, he, he's showing that. Once he gets rolling, there's just, it's hard to stop him. In the NFL, you have Travis Kelsey, and then you have the rest of the league. Uh, I, I saw, so this isn't technically stat-based, but I saw a fun stat for you. Uh, in fantasy football, the gap between tight end one, Travis Kelsey, and tight end two, Mark Andrews, is 
larger than the gap from tight end two, Mark Andrews, to tight end 33, which is Dolchich. Nice. That's how much better. And now, obviously, like I said, that's not truly a stat because it's fantasy points. But also, fantasy points means you're picking up lots of yards and you're scoring touchdowns. It means you're doing game-changing things. Yeah. Yeah. um, Anyways, get back to the point of the game. Um, We went into half. It was a close game. It was a close game all the way down to the final minutes. Um, Go ahead to the fourth quarter. Kelsey's already scored his second touchdown. Uh, And we give the ball back to the Chargers after a three and out with about Six minutes on the clock. They drive down, get their touchdown. And, you know, it It was funny to me. They they scored their touchdown, and they left a minute 46 on the clock. Chiefs have all three timeouts. And when the Chiefs got the ball back, they flashed a stat up on the broadcast that said uh, chance of winning. Now, this is just analytics speaking. Yep. It said chance of winning. Chargers 76, Chiefs 24. And, um, well, you know what happens next. Mahomes does what Mahomes does. He has a great throw to Sky Moore, third and seven, picks up a first down, gets to third down again, breaks the pocket, scrambles for a first down again, scrambles for 20 yards again, slides between the defender's legs, goes down. Next play, finds Travis Kelsey over the middle. Kelsey runs it in, game. Well, not truly game. We gave it back to them with 30 seconds left. And two plays later, Justin Herbert threw the game in, game ceiling interception. Um, bounced off two chief defenders. Nick Bolton ran under it for the game. Um, but yeah, there was, a, there was a pretty savage quote from Andy Reid after the game. Said, uh, you know, we've done it in 13 seconds, so a minute 46 feels like an eternity. Uh, you know, the good people of Buffalo are buried under 70 inches of snow, but we're still out here just throwing shots at them just for fun. Uh, there was a, a pretty neat thing, pretty fun stat for the game, game-winning touchdown, what ended up to be the game-winning touchdown. It is the exact same play that the Chiefs ran last year to Kelsey to win the game in overtime. I've seen this. I've seen a Facebook post about this. Yeah, and... Um, in Mahomes' interview that he does every Monday with 610, they asked him about it, you know, we heard it's the same play, is this true? And he said, yeah, you know, it's true. Uh, coach called it in to me. I called the play, and as we're walking up to the line, uh, in my head I'm thinking, there's no way that we do this again. You know, they have to line up a certain way on the defense. That it, Everything just has to go right. He's like, we walked up to the line. They were an outside man. Uh Kelsey had the leverage he needed, uh, snapped the ball, and 87's running free over the middle in wide open space. And you know if you get the ball to 87 in space, he's going to go find the end zone. And it's wild that they can run the exact same play and have the almost the exact same result off of it. I'd say almost. It was still a touchdown, but the one they ran last year in overtime, Kelsey ran for 30 yards after the catch and also evaded like seven different chargers this one he ran for i believe only 15 yards and evaded three yeah um i i do remember not that it's important but i do remember where i heard this i heard it on the johnny dare morning show uh, on sports and your shorts yep 
he was talking about how he was talking about it on 610. Gotcha. It's your local source for Patrick Mahomes. It's the only place where they get to do an interview with him every Monday at 2.15. It's like Rogers with Pat McAfee on Tuesdays. Yep. But, uh, yeah, we we pulled out a, a good fourth quarter comeback. Mahomes, he he's far and away the MVP candidate, if you ask me. Um, I would you agree. Know, you, you, like I said last week, you can make a case for Tua if you wanted to. You can make a case for Jalen Hurts if you want to. But it's the amount of game-changing plays that Mahomes makes every single week. You know, he, he has a comeback against the Titans where he – scrambles and does it all with his legs he runs in for a touchdown and then scrambles it back in for two points to tie the game up and then this week we've got the chargers where he drives them down the field in two minute offense scores the game winning touchdown it's it's a weekly thing at this point also what is starting to be a weekly thing at this point uh mahomes once again threw for 330 yards three touchdowns he leads the league in passing yards. He leads the league in touchdowns. Those two stats normally tell you who's going to win the MVP. Yep. Um, I think <clears throat> I think an outlier might be Rodgers. I know last year he didn't lead the league in – I don't know if he led Brady in touchdowns. Led. But I know Brady led in passing yards. So, obviously, there's. it's not always the case. But normally, if you're leading the league in touchdowns and passing yards – you're going to be leading the league in the MVP race. Yeah. Um, no, Rodgers won it off completion percentage last year. Mahomes is currently on pace for 5,500 passing yards, which would break the NFL record. Yes, there's an extra game. We're not putting that. We're not putting asterisks in the record book. He's on pace to break the NFL record for single season passing yards. He's on pace. He's back on pace for 50 touchdowns again. It's if he doesn't win the MVP, he got he got snubbed for somebody that they felt bad for. Two weeks ago, I would have been split down the middle, and you're not gonna like who I'd be split with. But as of now, I agree. Two weeks ago, I would have been split Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. No, I, I told you, but, I believe it was two weeks ago, I told you Tyreek Hill should be considered in the MVP race. He went down and changed the offense for the Dolphins. Something, but since we're talking MVP, something that I heard from a certain quarterback for the Lions that likes to run out of the back of end zones. Did you hear his uh, candidate for MVP? I did not. Take a wild guess. I'll give you one guess. Think of who's doing good fantasy-wise right now. Quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but... Uh, Other than that, I couldn't tell you. I uh, Well, there's in, one guy In my three leagues, in two of them I have Justin Herbert, and one of them I have Patrick Mahomes, so... Well, there's only one guy that's outscored Patrick Mahomes in the last five weeks. Perk Thuggins. I mean, you could call him that. Chicago boy. Justin Fields. Ah, the one that got carted off. Dan Orlovsky thinks that he should be an MVP candidate. So, like you said, he is doing fantasy good things. 
He's not doing like, yeah, he's rushing for a lot of yards. That's I don't know that it. he's the most important player on his team, let alone the league. So the thing I look at is how many games have they won? Three in 11 weeks? Have they only won three? I thought they were four wins. You could be right. No, up. because I believe we're a game ahead of them. Let's see. Still, because we're tied with record them. Real quick. Because they lost again this yep, week. You are correct. They are three and eight. No MVP is losing that many games. And no MVP. No one's going to win the MVP if their team has a losing record. Um, normally, you have to win your division to be in the MVP race. That's normally a, a key factor in it. You don't win your division, you're not in the MVP race. They're currently sitting in third in their own division only because the Lions still haven't fully figured it out. Or uh, actually, the Lions have one more win than them, don't they? Uh, the Lions are second in the NFC North right now. Oh, my bad. Then I, I spoke out of turn. They are last in their division. He's not winning the MVP. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yes, he's doing fantasy good things. He's doing things quarterbacks don't usually do. Running for a bunch of yards. But he's not game-changing. They're not winning. So. Yeah, that's fair. Um, you know, there was a, a pass Sunday night uh, that Mahomes hit. It was... I've seen Mahomes do a lot of crazy things with the football, but it was probably one of his top five throws of his career so far. Um, you know, we went into this game, no Juju, no McColl. We had MVS and Tony and a bunch of dudes after that. That was really it. <clears throat> MVS seems to have been a non-factor for most of the game. Don't know if... He just retired mid-game or what? He he do that sometimes. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to notice that. MVS was a non-factor. Kadarius Toney gets hurt early on in the game. And we're down to Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and a bunch of grocery sackers running routes out there. What did Kadarius Toney hurt? His hamstring. That's interesting. And uh, actually, I just saw an update on this today. He... It was not a strain or a uh, tear of his hamstring, anything like that. It just said he was experiencing tightness. So the Chiefs, being the Chiefs, they are uh, regarded as one of the better medical teams in the league. They're keeping him out, erring on the side of caution, trying to get him to you know loosen it up and go from there. Uh, there's a reason why the Chiefs haven't had a lot of season-ending injuries recently. Their Their medical staff is really good at what they do. You guys were bad there for a while with like Achilles injuries, ACLs, yep. etc. And then it seems like you guys flipped a switch and been really well off. Um, dude, that's something we've been hit with hard this year. I mean, we lost Gary for the year. We lost now Stokes for the year. Um, we've missed Christian in multiple games. We missed Cobb for multiple games. Dobbs is still out. Um it it really just seems like it's one of those years where, I mean, we can't get healthy. We can't win games. Man, not good. Yep. So, anyways, you've got Mahomes and a bunch of grocery baggers out there running routes, right? <laughs> My bad. You're good. I, w I wanted to let you finish your piece. So, as I thought they might do when they announced Kadarius Tony out, they went into a lot of 
12, 13 man personnel, which if you don't know is three tight end sets. And they had Travis Kelsey, Noah Gray, and Jody Fortson running routes instead of some grocery baggers. And uh, you had it, it was, I believe, in the fourth quarter. Jody Fortson wind up, lined up out wide. Mahomes snaps the ball. Fortson's just running a straight go route. He did not have a step on his man when Mahomes threw the ball. I've seen it from just about every angle they'll show you. He doesn't have a step on his man. Mahomes threw the ball, and it it looked like he knew exactly where he he was going to be and where his arms were going to be. He was running, and the ball, if you were to make the bread basket with your arms, you know, the ball landed in the bread basket as he's running. There was no catch to it. Mahomes put it in his hands for him. It was just an insanely tight window when he threw it from the angle in the backfield, when he threw it, all you can see is the defender covering Fortson. You can't see Fortson at all. And it was just an insane angle and incredibly tight window, top five throw of his career. And, (coughs) excuse me. And, uh, I don't know that it's being talked about enough because at this point, I haven't heard a damn thing about it at this point. I think, um, the the league itself, along with all of the ESPN talking heads, they just expect it out of Mahomes now. Can we get this pulled up? What's you that? You think you can pull up a video of it? Yeah, I yeah, think that'd yeah, be cool course. to talk about and see. Um, you know, I I think they expect greatness out of Mahomes now. They don't. Right. They don't expect anything else. Um, and that also shows in PFF. Uh, you know, I I don't respect a lot of PFF's grades when it comes to quarterbacks at all. The rest of the league, sure, you guys can grade players quite well, honestly. But there's something about quarterbacks that PFF just cannot grade because Mahomes had a, I believe it was a 78 grade for his game Sunday night, throwing 330 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, just um, makes no sense. So, here's like, your play for you. Oh. So you can see, you, all you can see is the defender covering him. Boom, puts it right in the breadbasket. It it doesn't make any sense on how that ball went where it went and how it was caught. No, it doesn't. One more time for you. Yeah, okay. just an incredibly tight window. Absolutely. Um, what was I talking about? Remember? Kind of not really. No, we were talking about PFF grades. Oh, see, so besides this year... Um, Aaron Rodgers is usually, you know, top three in PFF on the year. So, I mean, I've, since you've been, I know you've been talking about it all year and I understand your frustrations cause I get what you're saying. It had never even dawned on me cause I've always seen Rodgers there at the top and I mean, he's playing good football. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. I, like I said, I, th- I think it's a. I don't want to say a bias, but they just expect it from Patrick Mahomes now. So when Patrick Mahomes has a quote-unquote down day, it's every other quarterback's great day. Uh, Joe Burrow was rated, at, I believe, a 90 on PFF scale this weekend. Joe Burrow threw for 340 yards, one extra touchdown, four touchdowns, and two interceptions. 
and they graded him at a 90 where Mahomes threw 330, 10 yards less, one last touchdown, no interceptions, worst grade. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. So the one thing I've heard about how PFF scores quarterbacks is it bases it on where they place the ball on. If it's a catchable ball. And what I've seen from Mahomes is they're catchable balls. But, I mean, something you can take directly from stats that half-ass shows you how well their balls are placed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ball placement's important. Um, how's his completion percentage look like in these games? Like, I believe his completion percentage was 68 or better. Well, I believe his completion percentage for the last three weeks is 68%, and say, that's with having 1,100 yards in the last three weeks. Say real quick, you should pull up Mahomes. I'm going to pull up Burroughs since you know their deals, and we're going to compare because yeah, sure. I like that. So Mahomes had a 60% completion percentage. 60%. Okay. so 20 of 34. 60% you said? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know how to do the math? Yeah, Burrow was 61%. So, right. Uh, what was his uh, rating? Do you know? Does it have that? Uh, it doesn't. I'm just looking on the SP. That's now. fine. Um, yeah, I, I really don't know. Um, I, I don't know how what they're doing over there. Uh, so, I did see this last thing about PFF, and then we'll move to around the league. Um, I did see this. Everybody thought that it was an algorithm that they were putting these plays and stats, whatever, into to grade these quarterbacks. And then it comes out there's no algorithm. It's just dudes grading quarterbacks on how they feel they played. Really? So that means that it is 100% on PFF's part a bias. Well, yeah, for sure. I didn't realize that that's what... See, right, I always uh, thought that... For everybody else, I, I from my understanding, for everybody else, there's an algorithm. But for quarterbacks, they just judge them on how they thought they played. How does that make any sense? And how is that fair to the quarterbacks themselves? Because at that point, you're just going to have Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Joe Burrow fanboys watching Mahomes and go, ah, yeah, he didn't play that great. He only threw for 330 and three touchdowns. That wasn't that good for Mahomes. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, it makes no That's sense. That's odd. Anyways, let's hurry up and go around the league real quick. Um, we've covered our two games, the two of the three primetime games. Uh, Sunday, you had the Falcons taking down the Bears. We talked about this. Justin Fields loses another one. He also gets carted off the field. Doesn't look great for the Bears. No bueno. Um, next game, we had uh, the game the NFL took away from us. Very sad. Bills-Browns. Uh, Bills win that one 31-23. It was never really in doubt. I really would have loved to see those guys try to fight through six feet of snow. That would have been one hell of a game to watch. That would have been something. Um, thoughts and prayers to everyone that took the under on that game when it was supposed to be played in Buffalo, and the under was at like 41 and a half points. Ouch. Yeah, uh, I would be pissed if I would have uh, put a bet on that. Uh, next up, you got the Eagles scraping by by the skin of their teeth, 17-16 to 16 over the Colts. And I'm not sure if you've seen the video of after the game, Nick Sirianni being a, a real great role model of a head coach, taking his headset off, standing on a bench, and screaming at Colts fans because 
he just beat the um, what are they now four six and one team. You're supposed to be the best team in the league. You have the best record in the league. You're supposed to be the best team in the league. Why are you acting like you just won the Super Bowl when you played an awful team? Yeah, that I've said it before. The Chiefs lost to them. That doesn't make them any less awful. No. Let me say this. I don't know if they were awful. Yes, they were at the beginning of the season. I almost wonder if they were just poorly coached because they bring in Jeff Saturday. That man has been nothing but slandered. Yes, he got given a job pretty much, but what did he do wrong? It's just an interim coach position. It wasn't a full-time head coach thing. Give the guy a break. He's doing a good job so far. He's got a win, and he lost by one to the best record in the league. Part of why I think he's doing so good, uh, you have to be – that's one of the, the things you hear coaches say in post-game locker rooms or before the season, whatever, before the – you have to be bought in. And with Frank Reich, like you said, I, I don't think the players were bought in. No. They – they just didn't believe it. Jeff Saturday comes in. He's He's been in the league. He's played in these games. He's been on good teams. He's been on bad teams. So these players can come to him and say, hey, you know, this is how I feel about how we're playing. He can say, yeah, you know, I've been there. Here's what helped me get through it. He can connect to these players in a way that Frank Wright couldn't. And I think that's what's helping him to be a successful coach. Absolutely. When he's been given his press conferences – He's not that, like, bite your kneecap off that Dan Campbell is, but I get that same feel when I watch their press conference. I, I want to play for these guys, like, and I'm not even a football player. They just they got the right personality for the job. Um, if Jim Ursay doesn't keep Jeff Saturday around after the season, I don't care what happens the rest of the season. He's an idiot, and that man will get hired somewhere else if he wants to. True. But anyways, rant over. Um, yeah, Nick Sirianni... Dude, I don't know what that dude's deal is. They're on TV all the time, so I watch him a lot. He he looks like he's got like black around his eyes all the time. And dude, he just look almost looks evil. I don't get it. And he always looks pissed off, and it pisses me off. <laughs> and it's like, dude, give it a break. He's like got one said, of those faces you want to punch. Right. It didn't surprise me to see him doing what he did after that game at all. Yeah, that's, that's fair. It didn't surprise me either. Next up, I told you we'd get to this dumpster fire. The Jets and Patriots. Patriots win 10-3 to on a returned punt in the last 15 seconds of the game. Until then, it was 3-3, to looking like it was about to go to overtime at 3-3. to After the game, they ask... Robert Salah, you know, um, your offense played poorly. You guys only put up three points. What's What happened? What's the cause? And he said, we just played like dog shit. That's it. That's what he said in his press conference. He didn't hold it back. He said, we, we played like dog shit. And that was it. So next up to the podium, they bring up Zach Wilson. And they mention that the Jets had more punts on the day than they did completions in the passing game. They had 10 punts and 9 completions. They said, uh, you know, your your defense did everything they could. They held the opposite team to 3 points for most of the game. Do you feel like you let your defense down? He had a one-word answer for him. No. How, how can you stand there and say that? The only accomplishment you have in your career is that you banged your friend's mom. <laughs> You're an NFL starting quarterback, and that's your best accomplishment. 
for real though what's that say about you as a as a guy no so because of that um i'm sure you've seen it was announced today zach wilson will be benched and confusingly enough to me they will not be starting joe flacco who's already played for them and played well this season uh they will be going with mike white as their starter what did he do last night in his for or last year in his first start I'm sure he's going to go off for a game. Uh, it's Thanksgiving. Um, maybe, but I, I would really think that you'd go with Joe Flacco, the guy that's already played and played well for you this year. But the thing is, is yeah, with what Zach Wilson said, but what are they, 5-2 and two under Zach Wilson and they're what under Joe Flacco? Uh, they've lost three game, four games now. So one and, or two and one, I believe, right? One and two. There you go. So. No. Yeah. Yeah. You got a guy that's 5-1. and I mean, yeah, he said that. Straighten him out. He's young. But he's the reason you're being Well, they're not. They are not um, canceling his career. No, not at all. They're punishing him for his statement. They're benching him for this game. I'm sure he'll come back the game after. Unless Mike White just absolutely pops off like he did he'll last year. He'll pop off and they'll start him for another game and then he'll start sucking and then they'll bring Zach Wilson in by the second quarter. But it's not the end of Zach Wilson's career, but you got to be smarter than that, man. The dudes on the other side of the ball fought their asses off for 59 minutes of a football game and they ask you if you feel like you let the defense down and you say no. That is a slap in the face to every dude on the other side of the ball that did everything they could to keep the other team out of the end zone. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's just ridiculous. Um, next up, speaking of dumpster fires, you got the Saints taking out the Rams, twenty-seven to twenty. Um, Matthew Stafford, second time in three weeks, he gets his head slammed on the ground, gets pulled for concussion protocol. It has been announced today that Matthew Stafford will not be playing against the Chiefs. And uh, the Chiefs were already 14.5-point favorites, so we'll see what that does to the the uh, spread there. I'm sure it'll widen it a little bit. If you would have told me that the Rams, Packers, and Buccaneers would be three of the most embarrassing teams in the NFC this year, I would have called you a liar. And here we are. Yeah. Buccaneers making it into the playoffs so far. By Due to a poor division. By default. it's The Buccaneers this year are in the exact same spot the Cowboys were in yeah. last year. They are the best team in the worst division. Yeah. Which isn't saying a whole lot. No. Uh, if I had to guess, they'll have a similar, similar path to what the Cowboys did last year. First round exit if they do make the playoffs. Yeah. Because they're... They're really not good enough to stay in the playoffs this year. They haven't shown that they can play at a high level yet this year. No. Next up, you got the Giants in a surprisingly big win. Or the Lions in a surprisingly big win over the Giants, 31-18. to uh, Lions win three in a row for the first time since 2017. Hey. Looking to go four in a row tomorrow on Thanksgiving Day against the Bills. I'm a huge Lions fan tomorrow. Uh, I want the Lions to throw up 40 and allow 13. You know what I'm saying? long as uh, Jamal Williams gets me another three tutties. There you go. Jamal Williams can have the day of his life as long as the Bills don't score points too. Um, next game, Ravens 
fought and clawed their way to a win mm-hmm. over the struggling Panthers, 13-3. to Baker Mayfield, comeback season part two is over as soon as it started. Mustered three points in the game, and Sam Darnold is starting as the quarterback for the Panthers this week. I just needed Dante Foreman to get more than two fantasy points. Come on, man. Not going to happen, my friend. I just traded for him. Sorry about your loss. Trey Ramondre Stevenson for him. Not that he did anything this week either, but... Uh, next up, you got the Commanders taking out the Texans 23-10. to um, Battle of two not-so-hot teams. Commanders are starting to heat up a little bit. You know, they've won... Chase Young coming back. They've chained a few together, and they look like they... If they try real hard, they might be able to make the playoffs, and there's a real chance of... You know, we talked about the AFC East. Can all four teams stay playoff eligible and make it in? I don't think that's going to be the case. One of those teams is going to fall off because they all four have to play each other. Um, but as far as the NFC East goes, they're very capable of putting four playoff teams into the playoffs. Uh, the <clears> Commanders, <throat> I think, would obviously be the worst of the four of them, but they're still a decent team, and they've already proven that they can win big games. They did it against Philly. Next up, you got an AFC West battle. You got the Raiders winning in overtime over the Broncos, 22-16. to 16. Quick update for you, in case you forgot. I've been wrong this whole time. I thought Russell Wilson only had seven bathrooms in his house. He has 12. Russell Wilson, however, does still have seven touchdown passes on the season, so he's still got five more bathrooms than he does touchdown passes, and it's not looking like he's going to catch up by the end of the season. Uh, uh, that's a shit show and a half. Um, the Broncos, with that loss, slip into last place in the division under the Raiders. Both teams are now 3-7. and seven. Raiders hold the tiebreaker, obviously, because of the win. <clears throat> and the Chiefs have a 99% chance to win the division. It's not even Thanksgiving yet. Love that. Yeah. All we have to do is beat the Broncos one time and we wrap up the division. One time, one time. Um, next up, you got an absolute flogging in the NFC. Cowboys 40, Vikings a big three. Uh, Tony Pollard had himself a day. Nobody wanted to touch him. Nobody could cover him. He, he dacked through two small passes to him out in the flat. And he did the rest of the work because nobody could get anywhere near him. Um, Cowboys continue to roll. It it really is. I think Green Bay is just for some reason Dallas's kryptonite because they slowed him down for a little bit. But man, their offense looks great this year. So I will say this: for the first time this year, I'm convinced the Vikings are the best team in the NFC. After a loss to the Cowboys. After a 37-point loss to the Cowboys. I think that was an absolute fluke. They needed to lose that game. What I've seen from the Vikings this year is that they look like the most complete team in the NFC. That's usually what makes it the farthest. I mean, you got them and the 49ers, I think, I are close. I don't think the Eagles are going to have what it takes when it comes to the playoff time with who their coach is. I just... I so think he'll me, get out coached. So let me ask you if if Perk Thuggins and the Vikings run back into the Cowboys in the playoffs, 
in Dallas who wins because this game was in Minnesota. So this is a perfect, perfect time to bring this up since we're getting close to the end of the games for the week. Who's your Super Bowl prediction for the year? Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about that. We've uh, made it to week 11, week 12 now. You know who I've got coming out of the AFC. I already told you we look like the best team in the league this year. Um, coming out of the NFC, though, man, it's it's tough. I I like the Vikings as, as much as you do, even <clears> after a 37-point loss. I think the Vikings have shown they're one of, the, one of, if not the best team in the NFC all all year long. Losses like that happen. doesn't look pretty, and it looks bad for you, but losses like that happen. Um, I would really think – I wouldn't be surprised if Cowboys-Vikings is the NFC Championship game, and I don't know who would have home field advantage in that. I would think the Vikings because they'd win their division. So they would be the higher seed. So, yeah, it would be in Minnesota again. And I I wouldn't think Minnesota would lose. If they do, they wouldn't lose that bad again at home. I so think. I, I can't give you a for sure answer, but I would say NFC Championship game, high probability of Cowboys-Vikings, and it's kind of a coin toss for me. So it might still be the same answer, but riddle me this. How do you feel about the Cowboys making the Super Bowl when you really think about it? I don't see it happening. Just period. Um, meme purposes, yeah, I, I love making fun of the Cowboys. And, you know, they are choke artists in the playoffs, much like the Chiefs were for a long time. But uh, I don't know, man. There's something about the Cowboys' defense, the way they swarm quarterbacks. They've got Trayvon Diggs, who's a ball hawk. There's there's something about that defense that just screams championship caliber, and when their offense clicks, much like in this game where they put up a 37 point win, they've showed that when their offense clicks and their defense does what they do best, you're not going to hang with them. And I I really do think that they're they've got good chances to go to the Super Bowl. I will agree that that could definitely be our NFC Championship, and uh, I would definitely take the Vikings in that game. So, and I'm definitely taking the same AFC as you. And uh, so, us knowing Kirk the way he is, you know, I'm sure the NFC Championship, will that'll get the 330 game. Yep, of course. They can't give him the primetime slot. But then he they has want, no... They want Kirk Thuggins, not Kirk Cousins. And there's no choice when it comes to the Super Bowl, but to be primetime. And Kirk Cousins will lose to the Chiefs. I can see it happening. A little Super Bowl four rematch. Uh, last game of the week, or second to last Vikings, game of the week. Um, Vikings don't get a ring. Yep. Second to last game of the week. Uh, the Bengals beat the Steelers 37-30. to 30. Joe Burrow got praised for this game because he put up a bunch of yards and they scored touchdowns. But the Steelers hung with them. And the Steelers aren't that great this year. They got a good defense. They're getting they're getting some guys back. They're getting TJ Watt back. That's all they needed back. But that man is amazing. But man, I'm still not sold on the Bengals. I'm not either. We'll see. We play the Bengals uh, a week from Sunday after we play the Rams. So we'll see how how good they really are if they really do have our number. Because if they go three and zero against us, it doesn't really really look great for us. But we'll we'll see how good they are in two weeks. And that'll be my true decider on them. Because, like I said, I'm, I'm just not sold yet. You know what I am sold on? 
What's that? Those damn uniforms that they wear, though. The icy whites. Dude, they were wearing the icy whites again. <sighs> Green Bay wore the icy whites. Man, they were looking good. But you know who else wore some icy whites this weekend? Kansas City, baby. Everybody wearing the icy whites, apparently, because yeah. Green Bay did, too, but we just... A little cold front coming through. Yeah, we flopped on our icy whites. Yeah, you guys were the only ones that lost in yours. Yeah, Sorry about I, that. I wore the hoodie, and I we have now lost. Should have worn the icy white. I, I should have. <laughs> Man, it's just... It's just stupid. I need to quit getting into that shit. And our last game of the week, uh, you don't. We don't have to go real in depth on it. Monday night game, 49ers, big win, thirty-eight to ten over the Cardinals. Uh, Kyler Murray didn't play, but his team still lost, so that makes him zero and three since the new Warzone came out. Uh, you know this man can't play when Call of Duty is relevant. Uh, Cardinals fall even further down. 49ers look real strong. Uh, their big loss to the Chiefs doesn't look like it's going to be that bad for them as they're just rolling through the NFC currently. Uh, hit some primetime games for this week. Uh, you've got your full Thursday slate. Bills-Lions kick off at 11.30 tomorrow. Giants-Cowboys playing for the respect and the signing of Odell Beckham Jr., more than likely at 3.30. And yeah. your nightcap, I don't think it's going to be that interesting. It's Vikings-Patriots. I see that as a lot more of a one-sided game, but we'll see what happens. Especially coming off of a loss like that, Vikings are going to look good. Yep. Uh, Sunday night football, you already mentioned it. Pax got the Eagles. Uh, they got to go to Philadelphia, hostile environment. They already don't look that great. If they pull out a win, hey, great. Knock the Eagles down another peg, and we'll see Lose what happens. next week? No, nope, nope, we can't. Not next week. If they if they knock the Eagles down a peg, though, you know, it, it would be nice. I got a quick theory here for you. What's that? The monkey on our back that is still there for the year is uh, – we have yet to pass the Bears in all-time wins, and we are projected to do that week two. Um, we're still tied with them. We haven't been able to break that yet. Um, if we win this week, I predict they will probably win this week. I don't even know who they play. They play the 6-4 and four Jets this week. So if we win, they're going to win. Because we play Chicago again next week, and that's the game we were supposed to have week two, but it got screwed up by us losing and Chicago winning week one. They want to get that game to see who's got the most winningest under the lights for all the marbles in the sack. We'll see. Uh, but we'll probably lose, and they'll probably lose this week. That's more likely. Your Monday night game, uh, it's it's going to be a good one. You've got the 3-7 and seven Steelers going to visit the 4-6-1 and one Colts. It's a 2009 battle for the ages. Yeah. Um, you know, if you would have told me that three years ago, I'd be like, yeah, that's a great game, but uh, not so much now. And I mentioned already that the Chiefs have the Rams coming into town this week. Uh, while the Chiefs do always enjoy playing down to their opponents, I, I think this is a game where we go in and handle business. I don't think the game's ever really in any danger of going their way. Pull Mahomes at the start of the fourth, probably. Uh, you, you, it's very possible that uh, you know we see some some henny time, and 
hopefully, you know, roll into the next week nine and two. Yep, that'd be a good game. Well, um, as always, you can send in any hot takes or anything you think we should talk about on the show to cheeseandarrows22 at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Insta at cheese in the letter N arrows. Uh, and Facebook, you can find us on there, Cheeseheads and Arrowheads as well. Give us a like. You can uh, even throw some hot takes on there. We'll read those too. Logan, anything else to wrap up the week? Indeed. We out. Yum, 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 yum. For fuck's sake.